This is the After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday to you, too. How you doing? I'll fix my computer because my yeah, your, overhang your screen is showing. Your screen is drifting. That. Okay, we're good. No drifting. Hi, no ah. drifting. How are you? You were funny on the um, on the Friday Fabulous Florida today. Thanks. There's there's pressure to be funny, so sometimes, you know, obviously, <laughs> I don't. I'm not really like trying to take shots at Kim, but sometimes, you know, when you when you're just like, you know. I don't know. When you're just going with the flow, sometimes you say things and you think they're funny and then they I sound don't kind of bitchy. They ever. sound kind of bitchy, but they're not meant to be it's bitchy. Okay. It's okay. We all well, you know, we found out the other week that, you know, I could be a dick. So oh. <laughs> well, who said that? I forget. No, I remember in the you. chat. Yeah. Somebody was, said that. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah anyway oh well um yeah so my my internet service died last night but I I I have managed to compile some stories I did put a story in for you under entertainment about rage against the machine so I just wanted to note that um so why because of the rage because of the The natural rage (laughs) the natural rage yeah because of the anger and the rage today no no i don't know i just want to make sure you saw it so that you weren't surprised by it at the last minute i know how you hate me last minuting you Uh, well i'm used to it by now yeah well i thought that was funny how you call us the odd couple because it's kind of true you're the organized one with everything planned out right everything all like good to go it's all and ready I'm to go like by 10 p.m flying in at the last minute with my you know flames skidding on my heels 1 a.m 2 a.m hoping things are going to work out for the best yeah it's I'm like right. if you want photos you got to bring them yourself i'm not getting up <laughs> <laughs> and i did and i did did you hear about this story this guy um it is a california man who is accused of causing more than $100,000 in damages to a Las Vegas hotel. This is scary because remember they had that, um, the mass shooting where somebody opened fire. Well, this guy was arrested on New Year's Eve in Las Vegas on suspicion of firing more than 70 shots from a high-rise balcony right near the strip. He did $100,000 in damages, allegedly, to the MGM Grand. And... I guess they found wait how much? A hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. To the MGM one hundred grand. I guess so. The uh Las Vegas police come out on reports of gunfire on New Year's Eve, and they say there are several structures in the area that were damaged by bullets. Uh the footage, surveillance footage shows that this guy threw his bags down the stairs. He appeared to be firing from the signature, which is part of the MGM Grand. Yeah, so pretty scary. What's his name? Mark Thompson? His name was not Mark Thompson. Do you his know who I am? Kind of a Carry big my bags. Yeah, no, his name was, last name was Letzkis. Letzkis. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. So, I don't know. One of these scary situations, his wife had just fired a restraining order against him. He was mentally unstable, unpredictable. And then he you goes think? and sh- shoots up. At least he was shooting uh, structures and, and or maybe he's just a really bad shot. I don't know. But yeah, I hadn't heard that on New Year's Eve. You'd think that would have been the big news the next day. And it just came out today. No, it's all about Andy Cohen and what yeah. controversial things he said. Well, let's get to some better news because Animals? there was a um, yeah, there was this unusual creature that was born at a Texas zoo, 
I love this story. This is a Babarusa piglet. Look at him. It looks like a cross between a pig and an anteater. It does with that long snout. Yeah, it's called a Babarusa. And he's a, a form of a piglet. It was the very first birth of this species of tusked pig native to the tropical forests of Indonesia at the San Antonio Zoo. Hey, Tony from San Antonio. Um, The zoo said first-time parents Sula and Creature welcomed this baby on New Year's Day. Yeah, (laughs) this little creature. They're um, distinctive for their curved tusks. Oh, look at them. Little baby animals are cute. Um, They have a unique appearance. They have only two, one or two piglets at a time. They are listed That's as vulnerable enough. on the list of threatened species. They're they're vulnerable. So the Texas Zoo says they are thrilled to welcome this baby to their family at the San Antonio Zoo. While some might describe these little ones as ugly babies, they say we can't Aww. help but find them irresistibly adorable with their unique, unconventional charm. And they say we can't wait for the public to fall in love with this precious little babarusa. Oh, look at how tiny that one is underneath. Yeah. Yeah, he's a little, little guy. Little guy. They're cute little. until they grow their tusks and start right, eating all your food. Then back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This next story is about a dog. We all love dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. A Pittsburgh couple's dog eats $4,000 in cash. Oh, man. That's right. But they were able to recover three hundred, uh, three thousand five hundred and fifty. So... Oh, pretty close. Almost all but, what, 450 of it? But it was dirty work. Uh, Clayton Law said he and his wife, Carrie, were were having a fence installed in their their home in the Point Breeze neighborhood of Pittsburgh, PA. And the workers requested to be paid in cash. So he left an envelope filled with 4,000 in $150 bills on the kitchen counter. Law said he returned to the kitchen about 30 minutes later to find Cecil, the couple's seven-year-old golden doodle, making a meal out of the cash. I walked back in the room and all this cash was on the ground. He was just like standing there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's eaten some of the money. And I was in shock. I yelled to Carrie, he ate the money. He ate $4,000. <laughs> uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, let's, let's, oh check my out God. Vi- let's check out the video. That's yeah. right. Cecil didn't eat any homework. He had an appetite for $4,000. The couple describes their dog as laid back, funny, weird, and very human-like. He doesn't very do many dog things. Um, you know, like he doesn't like chew furniture or like clothing or anything like that. So that's why we were kind of extra shocked when he decided to do this. He has never in his life tried to get anything from a counter. Clayton and Carrie checked with their vet and the 100 pound doggy was okay, but they were in a rough spot. He swallowed at least $2,000. And just trying to find numbers and we'd like recover something from what he had left in the yard and say, oh my gosh, we have a six for the serial number and uh, try to get that taped in. But we had to have like the majority of the serial number on both sides and the bank said if we taped it, that would help. So I'm bringing everything in in a plastic bag and like I think I brought gloves for them. They washed the chewed up bills three or four times before bringing it all to the bank. They got most of the money back except for $500. The couple posted a video sharing the story of Cecil's expensive taste and it got thousands of likes and comments. Cecil was bad to the bone for one day. Now Clayton and Carrie just laugh about their money laundering pup. And at one point he was sitting on the couch and we were just laughing thinking like there is potentially $2,000 inside of this dog. <laughs> and we're just like waiting, <laughs> like where, where is it going to end up? 
And Cecil is doing just fine, and I think he's still a good boy. Jessica Gway, KDK TV News. I'm glad they're laughing. I would be like, no, not funny. But I guess yeah. what are you going to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty cute. Oh, you look frozen in time. Oh. Well, why don't um, I'll leave That's and weird. I'll come right back. Hmm. Yeah. While you do that, I'm going to talk spiders, spider spiders. I know I hate these pictures of spiders, but I have to show you this one. Um, unfortunately, I need to Am show Am I you. back? Yeah. 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 You seem back. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this spider because I think this is the right one, right? Oh, yes. Oh, man. I hate the up-close pictures of these guys. The largest Australian funnel web spider, one of the largest that they found, was donated for an anti-venom program. This funnel Ooh. web spider is so big, they named it Hercules. It's Hercules, the Hercules. It's the largest known specimen of its kind, and it's been donated to the Australian Reptile Park for use in its anti-venom program. This spider was found by a private individual and was donated. It was found on Australia's North South Wales Central Coast. It was 3.11 inches. Hercules now overtaking the last known largest male funnel web spider named Colossus. Hercules for the win. Oh, the man. venom can kill a human in 15 minutes. So this is oh, a wow. bad one. Mm -hmm. Wow. This park, which relies on spider donations, is Australia's only facility Sp that milks spider donations. That they do because they milk the. Venom. You don't want those contributions to the after party. No, but they need to do it because that's what saves people's lives. So the venom creates the life-saving anti-venom, and it saves about 300 people a year there in Australia. With having a, a male funnel web this size in our collection, they say, his venom output could be enormous, proving incredibly valuable for the park's venom program. Um, and so, yeah, the, when you see a spider that's big like this, I don't know, I wouldn't want to try to catch it, but somebody did. And so here you go. There are 35 types of funnel web spider species, and they are one of the deadliest on Earth. Since this program's 1981 inception, there have not been any reported deaths by a funnel web spider bite because they oh. have the anti-venom. Yep. Oh, okay. Cool. Heather saying, oh. Kim, not two spider days in a row. I know, row. I know. LOL. I'm sorry. In normally, this case, John, John put yeah, that one in. Normally wouldn't, we wouldn't do it, and I would normally skip them, but since <laughs> now I know that you actually do want spider stories, I put this one in. And it, it's got a good ending. It's got a happy ending. It does save people, so we'll take it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, this next story uh, is about polar bears. I love polar bears um, from afar. <laughs> yeah, out there in the water. Polar bears hold yeah. a secret to surviving frigid winters and we can benefit according to a new study. It's cold out and our century old way of staying warm down jackets may have just met its match. A new study found that textiles that mimic polar bear fur may be better at keeping us warm than down jackets, not to mention less bulky. In the study published December 21st, so just in time for Christmas, in the journal Science, researchers in China tested a fiber modeled off polar bear fur. Polar bears stay warm in Arctic temperatures thanks to the unique structure of their fur. Uh, each strand of polar fur, polar bear fur, contains tiny little air pockets that trap heat and prevent it from escaping. The porous core is then surrounded by a dense outer shell. The scientists imitated that, that structure with a lightweight synthetic material called 
an encapsulated aerogel fiber. They found that the polar bear-inspired aerogel material maintains its heat-trapping properties even after being stretched, washed, and dyed. Wow. Pretty cool. The group knitted a sweater out of the revamped aerogel fiber and tested its insulation against a down jacket, a wool sweater, and a long-sleeve cotton top. While the polar bear aerogel sweater was only one-fifth as thick as the down jacket, it had the best insulation of all four fabrics, according to the study. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, down jackets have a 100-year heyday in global fashion, thanks to Australian mountaineer George Finch, according to uh, Snowshoe Magazine, which I know that you uh, read. And uh, yeah, I subscribed to that one. (laughs) (laughs) Click like and subscribe. In 1922, Finch was the laughingstock of his mountaineering circle, showing up to climbs wearing strange pillowy garb made from feathers and hot air balloon fabric while his friends continued to dress in tweed. Tweed, well, he soon Mm. silenced their taunting, however, climbing higher than anyone else had ever climbed. Wow. Cool. Ten years later, Eddie Bauer, heard of him, created a more functional quilted version of Finch's invention after he nearly died of hypothermia on the Olympic Peninsula in Washington State, according to uh, the magazine. The new warm down jackets became extremely popular, as we know. So you think we're going to get polar bear jackets instead of down jackets starting from now on? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Polar bear trend. Uh, something i was remiss in not asking you to do if you could click like and subscribe here on the after party live we would really appreciate it now that uh everyone's gathering for the main event and something Thank else you, Wes we don't theory. want to miss in is acknowledging wes wes five dollars from west theory who's there you with the, the support Thank you. The super chat, the super stickers are open. And of course, we always appreciate it. And again, uh, the PayPal link is in the show description. So you'll find it right at the bottom. And for free, you could just click like and subscribe. We appreciate that too. Between being demonetized, remonetized, we can't rely (laughs) on YouTube for income. And but we can rely on West T for a contribution. Thank you, Wes. Let's talk about Starburst wrappers because you would think this is just garbage. Right. But no, they've been used for yet another world record. This woman has folded 10,000 Starburst wrappers into the world's longest <laughs> chain. I don't even know where you oh, get that man. many. You would have to ask, like, put out a thing on the Internet after Halloween. Save your Starburst wrappers. I need them and I want them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This woman is from South Carolina. She earned a Guinness World Record when she spent four years oh geez i mean honestly is a world world record worth spending four years to wrap starburst wrappers into a rope (sighs) she spent four years folding starburst candy wrappers into the world's longest candy wrapper chain her name is elizabeth allen she lives in greenville south carolina she started folding these Starburst wrappers during a college class at Furman University using wrappers from candy provided to the class by a professor. Other students started to give their wrappers to her, and soon she started to receive wrappers from students in other classes. Okay. She says, I think best when my hands are busy. So she still worked, started working on it, continued working on it for four years, collecting wrappers from students she taught during her first and second years as a teacher. As a reward or to help students stay awake during a longer day, I would share Starburst. And they were so careful not to rip the wrappers. I don't know about giving Starburst to kids. Like, I don't want my kids to have Starburst every day, but okay. Yeah, that's a lot of sugar. I she think about that. Finished- like, if I were to have kids, it's like, how do you shield them from, like, diabetes? Like, you know, you 
everything in moderation, right? But so, if like other people are giving your kids candy, like teachers or true, you know. but if they do it like sporadically every like so if they often, find their own dealer. But if they're giving them out as prizes every day, oh yeah. no. The finished chain includes ten thousand wrappers. Efforts She's like became... eat the candy. I need a record. <laughs> I said eat it. it. It got so big that the chain couldn't support his own weight with more than 500 wrappers. So she started toting around with her in large plastic containers to keep it from breaking. It now lives in her classroom where it spends its time sealed in the big plastic container. It falls apart if you stretch it too far. Also, many residual fruit flavors together are not an appealing Well, she should have made it out of the uh, polar bear aerogel. Yes, she should have. So she could stretch it. Congratulations on your four-year-long world record, man. Nice. Speaking of constructing things, artificial meat, plant-based sandwiches, salads, and pizza are not healthier than meat options, according to a study. This goes against everything we've been told. I think it's it makes sense because if you think what's really in this stuff, there's like chemicals and there's a lot of sodium. So it's a it's it may not be meat, mm-hmm. but is it healthy? Researchers analyzed. 1,868 meals from 50 fast food chains across five countries. The vegan options contain less protein and sodium. Um, Oh, actually less sodium, but more carbs and sugar. Oh, sugar. I wasn't thinking about that. Most people see the new year as a chance to kickstart a healthy eating regimen and may even go veg, vegan, veganuary, veganuary ago. Have you heard of that? Veganuary instead of January? Veganuary? Oh, v- veganuary? Veganuary. February. I've heard of, no, no, I've no, heard no, of no, dryuary, no, like where you don't yeah. drink in January. No, Gene, uh, not February. Uh, veganuary. Veganuary. February. Uh, but <laughs> vegan fast foods <laughs> do not have less calories or fewer calories than their meaty counterparts, a study suggests. Researchers uh, analyzed a total of, uh, we said, 1,868 meals, including sandwiches, salads, noodles, pizza, five countries, including the UK. Uh, where this report's coming out of. These chains included Wagamama's, Wagamama's, Pret, Pizza Express, Leon, and Burger King. The team collected data on the calorie content, presence of allergens, and the quantities of nutri- uh, nutrients, fiber, and salt in each meal. Uh, their findings published in the journal Nutrition, which you also get, revealed that plant-based meals had less protein and, and sodium and higher levels of carbohydrates and sugar uh, compared to the meat-based meals. But in bad news for those trying to shed some pounds, they discovered that overall plant-based meals were not linked to having um, fewer calories. The lead author um, said, our findings revealed that the plant-based food meal meals were more likely to contain more carbohydrates and sugar. You've said that three times now. Surprisingly, our study mm. shows that plant-based meals are not associated with lower calories, which consumers may not realize. This really emphasizes the importance of making informed food choices, especially when it comes to consuming fast food. Even more so if you suffer from a metabolic disorder like type 2 diabetes. This oh. exposes the illusion that plant-based alternatives of popular fast food dishes are automatically a healthier choice. No, I think, it depends on which, what kind, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be like that crutch for people who really want meat when you, we can't afford meat. And, you know, meat mm-hmm. is bad for the environment because, you know, of the pollution of animals. So, but it's not going to be your health food. I think yeah, that's, the, that's, the take, that's the takeaway here. Well, speaking of food, are you the kind of person that likes pineapple on their pizza? It's one of those things where it's like people are like, do you like deep dish or regular? I like them both. 
mm-hmm. um, when I'm in the mood. So I say with pineapple pizza, it really depends on where it's coming from because I've had some really bad late night pineapple pizza. I have to be really in the mood for it. I'm not 100% against it. It is what it is, but I think it kind of stands on its own as a pizza category. So in the chat, tell me, are you a pineapple pizza person? Or are you not? Because Although I think it's, if, if it was Italy and it looked like that, it says I think a lot I'd be about more a person down. If you like a pineapple on your pizza and I am, I'm a yes on the pineapple on the pizza. I know this looks way like, more appetizing. No. This looks way more appetizing than what I've had here. Apparently in Italy, this is a really big deal. In Italy, you don't put pineapple on pizza. Like this is a mozzarella. This is very fresh pizza. You don't do pineapple. Right. But they they did it, and they're getting a lot of backlash. Gina Sorbillo, the renowned Naples pizzaiolo, which is a pizza pizza maestro, added the dreaded they call it it's pineapple in Italian is ananas um, to his menu. In Via dei Tribunali, the best-known pizza street in the world, it's the capital of pizza, he calls it the Margarita con Ananas. So it's a margarita pizza with pineapple. It costs about $7.70, super cheap. But it's not your regular Hawaiian pizza. It's Pizza Bianca, denuded of its tomato layer, sprinkled with no fewer than three types of cheese and with the pineapple cooked twice for a caramelized feel. He says this is, he's done it to fight food prejudice. But people are so against hell no says Elise come on Elise please don't do don't be this way pineapple and pepperoni are great together too yeah Doug's saying that as well give me some pineapple and olives on a pizza so good well he said sadly people follow the crowd and condition themselves according to other people's views or what they hear he said I've noticed in the last few years that a lot of people were condemning ingredients or ways of preparing food just because in the past most people didn't know them so I wanted to put these disputed uh, ingredients they are treated like poison I wanted to put them onto a Neapolitan pizza and make them very tasty it's gotten a lot of backlash in Italy. Not everyone is pleased with this, but um, he also he scatters micro shavings of two types of smoked cassiaricotta cheese around the crust, one from Sardinian goats, another from buffaloes in the nearby area. He said it makes it really tasty. Yeah. Uh, Mindy say I think uh, Mindy says I think pineapple can overpower pizza, but I'll still eat it. You have to be careful of pineapple, mm-hmm. especially if you're like baking like um, upside down cake. Like you yeah. have to make sure that it's not, there's not too much liquid, you when know, otherwise you, it can make uh, bread soggy. When you said you had bad pineapple pizza, it makes me think of like day old Domino's that looks bad with a shrimp. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about it. like hole in the wall places where it's like late yeah. at night and it's like that kind of cheap cardboard saltine no. cracker. It doesn't look like this. Yeah. I'll just say that. Oh, I love, I love pineapple pizza. Yeah. Yeah. But there you go. Okay, so yeah, they're doing it in Italy to make sure that nobody is prejudiced against food. I'm sure any pizza in Italy is going to be yummy um, for the most part, except the one I had in Florence by accident. I ordered I ordered straight off the menu, kind of cocky, like, mm-hmm. I, oh, I don't need someone to translate this. And I picked the one pizza that didn't have sauce. So there was no, no sauce tomato on a sauce. Pizza? Yeah, oh. so it was just like olive oil, cheese. Oh. And bread, and it was that kind of bread that where it's kind of got a funky aftertaste. So okay. kind of, 
Yeah, it was sour. It wasn't good. No. Elise says, I like pineapple and I like pizza, but not together. All yeah, right. one or the other. Did I see okay. a super a, a super sticker? Doug, thank you, Doug, for the $5 super sticker. Super kind of you. We appreciate that very much. Thank you, Doug. Another supporter. I'll um, use it for my, five, my, my uh, pineapple pizza. My next pineapple. <laughs> now I'm in the mood. Uh, now you're in the mood for this next turn. Oh, no, 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 no. High-end sex ring in Boston and D.C. areas was a honeypot oh. scheme by Russia, China, South Korea, or even Israel um, to ensnare U.S. officials. Come on, Israel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did we not do enough for you? <laughs> to ensnare U.S. officials, intelligence experts believe. Uh, investigators believe a network of high-end brothels operating in the Boston and D.C. areas was a honey trap. But whether the plot was intended to aid Russia, China, South Korea, or even Israel uh, remains to be determined uh, intelligence experts are becoming increasingly convinced that these six high-end brothels in the suburbs of Boston and Washington, D.C. were set up by a foreign nation. Uh, they were masterminded by a 41-year-old South Korean woman targeting politicians, high-ranking government officials, and defense contractors. But the mystery is which country was behind it. Um, having the Koreans out front could have been a false flag to give China or another country plausible deniability if the plot unra- unraveled. According to a one-time CIA senior operations officer, um, the brothels were raided in November, and prosecutors said they were looking to charge 28 people in Massachusetts alone. Um, I'm going to leave out the photos that you might want to see. <laughs> but here's <laughs> yeah. their uh, here's their scheduling calendar. You can see they're all oh. like ri- written down re- there. Redacted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Joshua Levy, the acting U.S. attorney for the state, said that. His office will seek accountability for the buyers who fuel the commercial sex industry. There was no evident motive to establish two cat houses like that in the greater Washington area. Sources noted emphatically, none of the three defendants live anywhere near the capital and sex workers were flown in from Las Vegas or Los Angeles. Uh, Han Lee, the alleged mastermind, uh, Jun Myung Lee, 30, and James Lee, 68, all South Korean-born U.S. nationals were charged in November with running the sex ring. The three Lees were not related. That's funny. Han and Jun Meng both live in Boston. And so the locations of the four brothels there made sense. Uh, James lives in Torrance, a suburb of L.A. Members of Congress, military officers, and national security contractors who possess security clearances were among the steady customers at the high... See, that's where you run into trouble, right? They get blackmailed, right? And they have mm-hmm. high security clearances. The Ring's clients who paid rates up to $600 an hour. Wow, really? Just go to a bar, dude. Uh, included corporate executives, professional, uh, I'm sorry, professors, lawyers, and scientists. They allegedly set up websites uh, whose purported purpose was helping photographers find nude female models looking for work. Investigators believe that the ring had made more than $1 million by the time it was busted. Wow. $1 million. Crazy. Okay. Let's... That's your brothel update. <laughs> Thank you for the brothel update. Let's go to this. Have you seen this cup? Oops, sorry. There it is. It's a Stanley Cup. Stanley Cups are the not the Stanley Cup. It's no, not the Stanley Cup with from the NHL. It's Stanley, so they make thermoses, etc. And this is an insulated cup. Apparently, this is the new cup you have to have in your hand. Everybody wants a Stanley Cup, and they're really expensive. They're like fifty bucks for a cup, and it it's got you see how it tapers on the bottom and it fits into your cup holder in your car. This is made popular by mom bloggers, mom, mom influencers. And 
there's a new one. Every time you say mom influencers, I think of that that blonde woman in Petaluma uh-huh. that scam that had that scam or yep. accused that woman. What she accused a woman of of kidnap trying to kidnap her kids, kids. Anyway, and then sorry. had nothing to do with it. Yeah. yeah. yeah sorry. Well, influencer. This is a new the newest Stanley Cup, not the NHL Cup, the newest Stanley drinking cup is a Starbucks cup. Does it only come and in pink? It's I think so. It's available at Target. And people are, even in Petaluma, they are lining up for this thing and they are selling out. Why? It's not they even can't attractive. Keep them and stop. It's $45 for this cup. And there's an article out of um, ABC, the affiliate in Fresno. Shoppers were lined up in the rain to get their hands on this Starbucks It's not even a pretty pink. Cup. It's not, it's like, I, mean, I don't think it's awful tone. looking. It's got multiple tone colors. Like, what, what's Shiny. the point? One woman said she's been collecting these and her collection goes for back for 10 years. She said, I need one. So I, get, I, I have to get this. This is what's wrong with America. I need. Ridiculous. Um, um, did you say why they're so expensive? Sorry if I missed that. They're just the in thing to have, I guess. But it, is it the quality? Like what? They, ca- they call it the quencher, this big giant cup. It is good quality. Is it because the industrial it's handle? Stanley. It's a thermos. It's so it's, you know, Stanley makes the old thermoses, right? Yeah. I don't know. Um, what are you doing with your coffee? Like, jeez. I, I don't know. For the job site, they, you need to keep the uh, coffee so warm while you if, put it in the drywall. If you can get a hold of one of these for forty-five bucks, you'll find it being. They turn them around and they resell it online for. This is why people don't have money for retirement because they make they, stupid decisions they like this. Resell it online for a hundred and sixty dollars, so you can you know almost triple your money. Is what they they say. People were getting in line at about ten o'clock Tuesday night, so that they could buy it when it came out in the morning. That one man said, "This is my third one. I got the peach one, the red one, and now I got the pink one." Yeah, Karen's trying to. Karen's saying it's like the pet, pet rock, rock effect, yeah. or um, she says, or rather, the beanie baby effect. The quencher's popularity is projected to skyrocket Stanley's annual sales to top 750 million in 2023, a big jump compared to the 70 million in sales from 2017. And yeah, when they first came out with this quencher cup, they thought it was going to be a bust. But when they got this group of moms that have this, you know, show or website or whatever, got a hold of it and they started promoting it all of a sudden sales took off and now you see them everywhere everybody has one of these stanley cups yeah except me i don't have a stanley cup but i guess hey, uh, I if, you, if you get a snap that bad boy up at target for 45 bucks you can resell it and make some money or you could just get a different one for 20 dollars. yeah um oh. yeah while you're at it go pick up some nfts and some bitcoin well, at least you can actually use a Stanley Cup. What can you do with an NFT? Nothing. Well, you could sell it to, as long as, but see, the value of this is, is the point being, it only has value as long as people think it has value. As soon as they fall out of favor, then they're not worth anything. Um, you know what wor- is worth something? Virginity. Mm-hmm. What if oh, I could tell that you? Picture. That's what sexy. if I could tell you that people are resetting their virginity on New Year's Day? No, you can't do that. <clears throat> I'm sorry, but once it's gone, it's gone. Once the ship has sailed, it's out of port, it's not coming back. Well, you know, Madonna had that song. No. It's 2024, and apparently everyone's like a virgin again. 
in what's no. perhaps the most surprising trend of New Year's so far, which unfortunately doesn't have anything to do with the classic Madonna song. I didn't read ahead in the story. That's funny. Yeah. Social media users are jokingly declaring that when the clock struck midnight, they became virgins again. It's 2024, meaning all our body counts, body counts, have reset to zero. Little uh, rapper Little Nas X tweeted on New Year's Day. And uh, non-famous folk have joined onto the bandwagon. Who else woke up a virgin? Asked Hugh Jass on X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, although they spell it formally. Formally. Um, <laughs> formally. Uh, it's a new year. Body count back to zero, ladies, wrote uh, Kimberly uh, Olivia. Uh, yep, we're still judging ourselves and each other for the number of people we've slept with. That's still a thing. Sex expert and site manager of the sex positive, t sex positive sex toys website Bed Bible. That's that's quite a job and quite a title. Sex wow. expert and site manager. I'm the site manager here of the sex positive sex toys website Bed Bible. Isabel Urine Urine really <laughs> <laughs> said that's the sexual peculiar. shame is at the core of this trend. <laughs> Or what other, whatever uh, other fetishes you're into. Whether that's shame surrounding how many people you've had sex with or your last name, uh, who you've had sex with or the type of sex you're having. Um, and if there's one thing we're not, uh, we're not taking into uh, 2024, it's sexual shame. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Isabel says we should leave the phrase body count firmly in 2023. I didn't even know that was a phrase besides killing people. Um, it's used to shame people for having either too many or too few sexual partners. In reality, wow. how many people you choose to sleep with says nothing about you or your sexual abilities. The important thing should be the quality of the experience. I like those little mini heart shorts, though. Um, no, you cannot reset your virginity. Now, if you want to make a, a change in your lifestyle or you'd like to, you know, I don't know, be more particular about who you share your body with boring whatever or maybe you want to not be that particular whatever but you can't you can't put something back that's gone i'm sorry that's enough um I was it is a sexy photo and you know what else is sexy kathleen bryant with a five dollar super sticker that is very sexy kathleen thank you for that we appreciate thank you okay here's something i hope is worth everyone's while all right I'm reading last night about how Facebook um, tracks you, right? They keep a list of all the links. Every time you click on a Facebook link, right. they share Like a link to resetting your virginity? That's right. <laughs> they get you for that. And it's called link history. But you can turn it off. And I did not know this. So I spent some time trying to figure it out. But here, okay. and this is from uh, a tech guy we've had on the Mark Thompson show, Rick DeMuro. He uh, has talks about how you can go into your Facebook settings and you see right there, it says allow link history. It's like the third, the second thing down, it says browsing data. And then it says cookies and cash. And then it says allow link history. Well, if you click it off, they can't track your link history and send it to advertisers. You know, that was Cookie Monster's uh, memoir. Is that what it was? Cookies and cash. Cookies and cash, baby. <laughs> Cookies and cash. So, yeah, he talks about how exactly to go in and do this. And so here's how you do it. You open your Facebook app on your phone. You go to the lower right-hand corner on iOS or Apple. It's the upper right-hand right corner on an Android. 
Okay, so upper right on Android, lower right on iOS. You expand the setting and privacy section. Are Got you following it. along? Yep. Okay. And then you tap settings. Yep. And then you tap browser. Mm-hmm. Browser. Okay. You have to scroll down. Okay. For that. okay. And I'm then you toggle page. the switch next to allow link history on or off. You can turn it yeah, off. Your link history may be used to improve your ads across meta technologies. No, we're not improving okay, ads. We're turning it off. Okay, so that's allow. how you do it. Um, you can also access the settings by tapping on any website link inside Facebook and then tap go to settings. But I will include the link to this story right now in the, the chat. Link? The link. <laughs> For the it to link be tracked. To the story into the chat so that if you do uh, want to do this and maybe you're driving around or doing whatever, that you can go back and, and check that out. I'll also put it into the description of the show. See, because when I first saw this story, I was afraid you were going to do one of these like fake Facebook things that people like the chain letters where people were like, just no. declare that your photos are not... You know, no. Facebook's going to make every photo their property unless you post this I BS. Care, I care about my chatters. I don't want people to be tracked if they don't need to be wanted to be tracked. No. Right. We don't Absolutely want. Did you get not. followed to the after party? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're on you. Yeah. So there you go. That, that's all. I just wanted to share that because I thought it was important. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Let's keep it on technology. Okay. Pornhub. Oh. Well, hello. Speaking of your links being tracked. Blocks Montana and North Carolina as their age verification laws take effect. But they don't want you to have to verify that you're of of, of age to be able to watch their smut? <laughs> In the U.S., Montana and North Carolina have been leading the list of states with the highest number of searches for VPN over the mm. past few days. That's most likely because their new age verification laws have gone into effect January 1st. And adult websites are now either requiring a copy of the visitors. This is why a copy of the visitor's government ID or have blocked access in the region altogether. As 404 Media reports, Pornhub has chosen to block people in both states from accessing its website website instead of asking for verification. The other websites owned by its parent company, uh, I, ALO, formerly known as MindGeek. No, I didn't know they owned the porn site. Wow. that's uh, They have a lot of tech websites, I think. Uh, including Brazzers, RedTube, and YouPorn are also no longer accessible. Uh, it's a conglomerate, porn conglomerate. If anybody in Montana and North Carolina tries to access uh, an ALO site, they'll see a video message from a performer, Sherry DeVille, explaining yeah. <laughs> that giving a copy of their ID to adult platforms puts their children and their privacy at risk. We believe that the best and most effective solution for protecting children and adults alike is to identify users by their device and allow age uh, allow access to age-restricted materials and websites based on that identification. That's the same video message users from other states with similar age verification laws see when they visit Pornhub. Montana and North Carolina are but the latest states to require adult platforms to verify a visitor's age. Louisiana started in early 2023, and since then, Utah, Arkansas, Mississippi, Virginia, and mm-hmm. Texas have passed their own versions. In North Carolina's case, the rule was approved as part of legislation that requires high school students to take computer science classes. <laughs> Wow. And check out the porn while you're there. No. Uh, other adult websites not owned by ALO are using third-party providers to authenticate users' ages in lieu of blocking whole regions altogether. Pornhub uses Louisiana's digital driver's license wallet app to verify local users' identities, but not all states have ID apps that work with the system. The website told... They're, they're making porn way too complicated now. The website told us that its traffic in Louisiana dropped by 80% when the state started enforcing its age verification laws. So... Interesting. There you go. Well, um, that's your porn update. 
thank you for the porn update. I have an update on reality TV. Okay, and then um, we can take but a break. before we get there, I think we should take a break oh, okay. because yeah. we're getting long in the tooth here. So let's take a break. When we come <laughs> back, we'll talk about trauma on reality TV, and then we'll talk about Rage Against the Machine. Looks like maybe our time has passed to see them live. We're right back on the After Party Live. The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. For a dollar a day, you could help feed a very moody three-year-old cat with a taste for turkey and chicken. Every day across this world, cats go 30 minutes without food and don't know where to turn. Any dollar amount is appreciated and it all adds up. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Thank you for your consideration. Are you hungry? You want food? A party where you don't even have to leave the house. You could be naked for all we care. The After Party, live. That's awesome. He's so cute, that little Archie. Yeah. Aww. My friend says he he needs his own uh, Instagram. I don't know. I think he does. I think so. I'm trying. Is it to okay tell... to exploit your pet? I think so. Hmm. Don't you think I guess so? If they benefit from, you know, high end treats, then they probably yeah. don't care. Um. Speaking of which, my kids are home for uh, Christmas break, winter break. I'm sorry. And no, it's good. They keep asking me if they can. First, Julia asked me if she could DoorDash Taco Bell, and I said no. And then she back wanted... in my day, we had to walk to Taco Bell both ways. <laughs> then she said, "Can I DoorDash Habit Burger?" And I said no. I said I don't know how much. And then she wanted to DoorDash Acre, uh, no Acme Burger. I'm like how much is it? She goes. You can eat that many calories. You need to hoof it. No, no, you, need you to cannot. Walk. I'm not paying sixty dollars to DoorDash a hamburger to you. No. Um, okay, so let's talk about. Oh, oh I wanted you, to you're, thank. You're skipping over the our, thanks. Sorry, our ongoing contributors, Kim N and Lori F. I almost skipped you, but please do not take that personally. I'm. Uh, I, my attention is pulled in different directions over here because of winter break, but I so appreciate your contribution to the show. And let's so thank our super stickers. Yes. Wes T with $5. You are so kind, Wes. Doug Koch with $5. Thank you, Doug. Really, really nice. And Kathleen Bryant with a $5 super sticker as well. That's so And cool, this just thank in. Vanessa, Vanessa Pacheco. $5 for Archie's food. Thank That's you. Cool. Thanks. Only guys. blue buffalo, uh, high protein. None <laughs> of that. He doesn't want any of that grain. We're not. No. We're not pumping Archie full of grain. And again, thank you, thanks Vanessa. To Kim N and Lori F as well. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's talk about this lady on Love Is Blind. Have you seen hey, the lady. show? <laughs> Love Is Blind. No, I don't think so. Can you? Uh... Love Is Blind. It's on uh, the. Sh- I think it's on Netflix, and it's the show where you you go into a booth and someone else is in a booth and you can't see the person, but you. This sounds like the Catholic church. I grew up with this. You ask questions with each other and you talk to each other. (laughs) It's basically about getting to know each other. That was a pedophilia joke. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, this is no, we don't joke about that. No, this is taking, um, this is taking looks out of the equation Mm. when it comes to people, right? When it comes to like finding somebody that you, like or love so you actually really get to know the person and and then you pick them 
regardless of what they look like because you haven't seen them, but you know whether you like their personality. And then you anyway. see that they have the googly eye and you're like, I got to go. And you're like, mm, maybe not so much. Well, this woman, Renee Poche, Poche, she's filing a lawsuit against Netflix and the show's production company, Delirium TV, claiming unlawful employment practices, unfair competition, intentional infliction of emotional distress. She wants to stop a $4 million arbitration penalty that the show's producer sought against her for allegedly violating a non-disclosure agreement by Jesus. speaking publicly about her appearances on this show. Jesus she said, Christ. my experience on the Love is Blind show was traumatic. Yeah, she's a veterinarian in Texas. She said, I felt like a prisoner. I had no support when I left Delirium. I didn't feel safe at all. She said, I believe Delirium is trying to silence the abuse that occurs behind the cameras and ruin me for telling the truth. She was on the fifth and most recent season of Love is Blind. She was matched up with what, who's now her ex-fiance, Carter Wall, described as a walking red flag who was emotionally abusive on and off camera. Um, she said she was utterly terrified of him and that she expressed her concerns to Netflix and Delirium TV officials saying she was forced to spend long stretches of time alone with him. Wow. Wow. This is not what you sign up for. No. Yeah. But here's a here's a pro tip. Don't sign up for reality TV. No. No. I mean, I guess you do it for, as a vehicle to... I don't think you do this as a, a vehicle to really meet someone. You do it as a vehicle for notoriety for yourself, right? To boost your veterinary business. Yeah. Well... Over a period of 10 days, these couples go on a series of dates from the privacy of individual pods where they communicate via speaker, but they can't see each other. Her case is not the first to be filed against Love is Blind. Uh, another contestant uh, also said she was falsely imprisoned by the show's producers, who she said Jesus. acted with negligence. So the show d disagrees, says we didn't do it. Um, but yeah. yeah, Karen Cooper jumping in. Cannot resist Archie. Too adorable. Must donate. Oh, oh, this exploiting Archie you, thing might, that might work out. We might need to put some more Archie videos up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Charlotte's well-fed. I don't know. She somehow finds her way through life. Uh, she signed the non-disclosure agreement. Pretty clear cut. Yeah. Either you did or you yeah. didn't. Right. But what well, if you sign a non-disclosure agreement and they abuse you or they right. make you feel unsafe? Yeah, a contract doesn't allow you to do something that's illegal. And then uh, if mm -hmm. there's anything in the contract itself that's illegal, the, the yeah. entire contract becomes null and void. Yeah. Like my contract with that radio station had an aspect in it that violated the um, the sag after contract. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't want to challenge it because I benefited in another way. But if I wanted to challenge it, it was always in my back pocket. Like yeah. your contract is illegal. Therefore, the whole thing's null and void. Well, since we're talking about partners, have and lawyers, right? Findings, partners. You're talking about finances. I'm still on. I'm still on sex, hot sex. Let's talk about <laughs> sex, money, rock and roll. That's right. Let's talk about flowers and sex. Oh, speaking of sex, every spring, trillions of flowers well, mate pansy. with the help of bees and other animals. Yeah. They lure pollinators to their flowers with flashy colors and nectar as. Animals travel from flower to flower. They take pollen with them, which can fertilize the seeds of other plants. A new study suggests that humans are quickly altering this annual rite of spring as toxic pesticides and vanishing habitats, oh no, have driven down the populations of bees and other pollinators. Some flowers have evolved to fertilize their own seeds more often 
rather than those of other plants. Scientists um, said that they were surprised by the speed of the changes, which occurred in just 20 generations. That's rapid evolution, um, says uh, Pierre-Olivier Chepteau, an evolutionary ecologist at the University of Montpellier in France who led the research. Uh, the doctor was inspired to carry out the study when it became clear that bees and other pollinators were in drastic decline. Would flowers that depend on pollinators for sex, he wondered, find another way to reproduce? The study focused on a weedy plant called the field pansy, whose white, yellow, and purple flowers are common in fields on, and on roadsides across Europe. Field pansies typically use bumblebees to sexually reproduce, but they can also use their own pollen to fertilize their own seeds, a process called selfing. <laughs> Humans have a process like that, too. Uh, selfing is more convenient than sex since a flower does not have to wait for the bee to drop by. But selfing, a, a selfing flower can only use its own genes to produce new seeds. Sexual reproduction allows flowers to mix their DNA, creating new combinations that may make them better prepared for diseases, droughts, and other challenges. To track the evolution of field pansies in recent decades, uh, they took advantage of a cache of seeds at the uh, France's National Botanical Conservatory collected in the early 90s and uh, 2000s. The researchers compared these old flowers with the new ones from across the French countryside. After growing the new and old seeds side by side in the lab under identical conditions, they discovered that selfing had increased 27% since the 1990s. The researchers also compared the anatomy of the plants. Although the new field pansies had not changed their overall size, their flowers had shrunk by 10% and produced 20% less nectar. Researchers suspected that these changes made the new field pansies less attractive to bumblebees. To test that idea, they placed bumblebee hives inside enclosures with old and new field pansies. Sure enough, the bees paid more visits to the old plants than to the new ones. Wow. So that's interesting. The plants that are evolving. I love it. Um, okay. So an article in the, in the in SF Gate today talks about rage against the machine and how they will never play live again. I don't think this what? is the first time they've said this, right? but I don't know. Well, I think they had like medical issues. So they, they tried to go back on the road and then they, they had to cancel. Right. Well, now they're saying no, they're of course a Los Angeles based rock band. And they say that's it for live performances. And I don't know, live performances seem to be, you know, that's kind of their thing. That's people want to go see them live. Yeah. Yeah. So they um, they say they have broken up for good. This is it. They said, I, I know a lot of people are waiting for us to announce new tour dates for all the canceled Rage Against the Machine shows. But um, no, we're not doing it. I don't want to string people or myself along any further, he said. I want to let you know, Rage Against the Machine, um, and he mentions all their names, will not be touring or playing live again. I'm sorry to those of you who have been waiting for this to happen. I really wish it was, but no, we are just not doing it. So, John says, I heard they got their name after dealing with printers. <laughs> Probably, yeah rage against your printer man so that's it for rage against the machine kind of a bummer for people that love that yeah and um, uh, you have uh, white lotus news the the white lotus cast has been announced for the next season parker posey is in the cast jason isaacs in the cast uh leslie bibb and michelle monahan join the returning star natasha rothwell for the third season which will be set in thailand 
but yeah, Parker Posey, Jason Isaacs, uh, for this HBO, the white Lotus show. Have you been watching it? Yeah, it's good. I've seen the first two seasons. Um, the, that's Parker all that Posey, exists, right? Jason Isaacs. Yeah. They've been revealed alongside Iron Man star, Leslie Bibb, true detectives, Michelle Monaghan, Tom Hetrical and tame tap tong the six actors join the season one star natasha rothwell whom variety confirms will reprise her emmy nominated role as the luxury hotel masseuse belinda the exact plot details for the third season we don't know being, being kept under wraps but they're going to start production in thailand in february um february thank you knew it was coming uh at the fictional White Lotus Hotel property in that country. Uh, nice. Same people serving as producers, directors, etc. They, they're saying, they're teasing that the third season of White Lotus delves into Eastern spirituality, uh, wellness, etc. We'll see. I don't know. They're always, the characters are so awful. Yeah, but also yeah. funny. I mean, yeah, tragically funny. I'm going to skip ahead just because we're running low on time um, to a fan favorite. Costco. Costco is dis discontinuing a fan favorite food court item. What? What's it's, going away? It's devastating. It's only what? a few days into 2024 and we've already been hit with a bad grocery news. It looks like Costco is discontinuing its twisted churros at the food court. What? The rumors started circulating. What? Oprah's going to be so mad. The rumor started circulating in early December on Reddit that someone with insider info suggested discontinuation. My brother, Costco employee, just told me that they're getting rid of the churros at the food court and replacing them with cookies. So you see uh, churros no. there are, I think, on the far left there. But here in this photo, you can see on the right, they've been replaced with cookies. The no. top commenter on the, on the thread who used to be a former food court employee said it's true. They found a company to make the cookies. Agree agreements are finalized. They will be showing up in early 2024, uh, along with chocolate ice cream, which appears uh, before summer. On December 27, the Costco employee in New Jersey also confirmed that the discontinuation was indeed happening. A Costco customer service employee told the Spruce Eats um, uh, website that the discontinuations would be on a warehouse-by-warehouse warehouse basis and is not necessarily nationwide. So if you want your churros, check out your Costco. They, they may have already been gone. So oh, want, want, want. I hate when things change. And you can already get the cookies in the bakery, the Costco bakery. You can only get the, the fresh churros. Are they the same? The... Are they, I don't think they're the same. This is a new company. No. Uh, they they did right. have a photo here. They said that the con consistency was really good, but it, uh, other oh. people were saying that they're too rich. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. Can we do one more story? Is that okay? Oh, we can do a couple because I yeah I want to okay. do the other Costco story. So do. Oh, there you go. I'm gonna talk about this one. This is a squishmallow. A squishmallow is like a very squishy stuffed animal, almost like a stress ball squish animal, and they're very huggable and they're very soft. Well, McDonald's has a new little tiny squishmallow in its Happy Meal as like the Happy Meal toy. Yeah. Yeah. They're launching Squishmallow's Happy Meals that include one of 12 characters, including some of the iconic and well-known Squishmallows like Maui, Cam, and Fifi. But there's one that McDonald's lovers 
are trying to all get their hands on. And that is this one. It's the Grimace Squishmallow, the purple McDonald's monster who's been having a series of viral moments this year. Remember the Grimace Crocs and everything? Yeah. Now they, they're, they're making the Grimace Squishmallow and you can only get them in a Happy Meal and only while supplies last. So if you're into it, get your Squishmallow. Um, Squishmallows are really hot toys right now. Little kids love these things. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I have more Costco news. Okay. Bring this it. is good Costco news. Favorable Costco news. Okay. Um, Costco employees just voted to unionize in uh, Virginia. Oh. Um, yeah. And the article says, by looking inward instead of blaming employees, Costco CEO and president demonstrate strong leadership skills as well as emotional intelligence. Last month, Costco workers in a store in southeastern Virginia voted to unionize. While it's not Costco's first unionized location, it certainly isn't the trend at Costco. Only 5% of Costco's 208,000 employees are union members. What's remarkable about this is not that employees voted to unionize. Unions have been campaigning and heavily, heavily and publicly, well, you know, with Starbucks being the star example. Um, what's re- remarkable is Costco's response. We actually have a copy of the letter here. Um, it says, to all U.S. employees from Craig Jelinek, the CEO, and Ron, Ron Vacris, which I think he's like maybe the operations guy, president. Um, some of you may may have heard recently about union activity at Costco's warehouse in Norfolk, uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Last week, in a close vote, Costco employees in Norfolk um, voted in favor of representation by the Teamsters Union. To be honest, we're disappointed by the result. Uh, we're not disappointed in our employees. We're disappointed in ourselves as managers and leaders. The fact that a majority of uh, Norfolk uh, employees felt that they wanted or needed a union constitutes a failure on our part. At Costco, we take great pride in our relationships yeah. with each other. We're not anti-union, but our core value of taking care of our employees has never been the result of any union. It's uh, been part of Costco's mission statement and the foundation of our employee agreement from the very beginning of Costco's business. Please know that we're committed as ever to our employees. If you ever have a doubt about uh, our commitment, please talk to your manager, any member of the Costco leadership team. Our culture of trust, respect, and reliance upon each other is what makes Costco a great company. As always, thank you for what you do, uh, for all you do for Costco and for each other. Wow. wow. I, I've never seen a letter from a CEO like that. That's That was not a Starbucks response to the union I wonder efforts. Why they, I wonder why they felt the workers there felt they needed to unionize. Were there complaints or did they just want to have a union to be stronger? Everybody I've talked to says that they pay really well. Right. Um, and they take care of their people and it's it's like a good... yeah feeling to work there that's what i've always heard maybe the union you know the union organizers just kind of pushed them and said we could do better you know maybe they're just getting kind of greedy um but Mm -hmm. uh, like of all the companies i've just heard like that's what i always say is when you go to costco i I don't think i've ever had a bad customer service experience there because they're not they're they're not they may be working hard but they're not stressed out it's like they value the the fact that they're being paid well i think Mm -hmm. everybody qualifies for health care after a certain point right yeah um, full disclosure, I have stock in, in Costco, so I'm, mm. I'm, maybe I'm a little biased. <laughs> That's why you're pushing the new Costco cookies. I like a, tr- I I like a churro. I, hear I like you. a churro. Uh, yeah, Costco owner seems like good people. I, well, it's a blue I, company, yeah. and I believe in them, yeah. and I, I like to support businesses that treat people well. Karen says, yeah, what an employer can and should be, treating employees with respect and no divisiveness. Right, because they could have come out and, you know, had the boilerplate, like, you know, America, yeah. capitalism, uh, profits. Uh, mm. you know, you know, you know. 
Well, maybe I can do this story because I want to make sure I get it in. There's a an issue in San Francisco at the animal shelter, and they are very, very, very full of doggies. Oh, yeah, doggos. That's right. And they have, they're overrun. It's overloaded. San Francisco's animal shelter is completely full and anyone who needs to surrender their dog should wait until at least next week. The dog capacity at Animal Care and Control San Francisco shelter maxed out because of dog owners who are facing legal or health problems. People ask, why can't we just adopt them all out? They say there's no quick and easy fix. The majority of dogs in the shelter are in their custody because of legal matters. So they can't adopt mm. them out and they have no choice but to See, keep lawyers. them there safe and cared for. Yeah. Nobody would want us to return animals to abusive or neglectful people or animal hoarders just to make space for other dogs. So the city's shelter is legally obligated to take a dog in if the owner has been hospitalized, died, or incarcerated, if the owner is a victim of domestic violence and needs help, if the owner is neglectful or investigated for animal cruelty, or the owner is a pet hoarder. Protecting these dogs, they say, is part of our work, and our work is overwhelming much of the time. Some of the dogs currently at the shelter might be lost, so anyone who is missing a dog should check the shelter's stray and found kennels on the city's website. They do say they have some amazing, wonderful dogs available for adoption so if you have space in your home or your heart check it out they again they need the room they need the space that is the san francisco animal care and control they have a great website you can look at the pictures look at that little, little ears yeah. all flopped over how, how can you say to them? yeah so there you go doggy i know is that it is that the end of I a friday i don't want it to be over but yet it is yeah oh, well we have next week we do. I hope you have a really good weekend. You Thank too. You I want to thank Wes for five dollars, Doug five dollars, Kathleen for five dollars, Vanessa five bucks for Archie, Karen Cooper five bucks for Archie. Thank Archie's you, really Karen. pulling his weight around here. And then we want to thank our ongoing contributors Kim N and Lori F. Yeah, thank you guys. Got it all in. I hope you have an excellent weekend. Please click the like button on your way out. Subscribe if you haven't. We still appreciate you being here, and we'll do it all again on Monday on the After Party Live. Bye, John Bailey. Bye, Kim. Have a great afternoon, everyone. Bye, everybody.